Good evening, brethren. We will turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Old Will and Brother Frank will be here Saturday to preach to you Sunday. We'll be heading back out Monday morning. It's been a long time since he was running a marathon out here last time he was here. I think he had dark hair and mustache. Been a while. He's excited to come see you all. They've been very, him and the brethren in Ashland have been very generous to the congregation here, and I'm thankful for them. They've been consistently generous to us. And uh, it's a great honor to have him out. When we read the Lord's Word, it's a living word to his people. And oh, ye of little faith. Which one go hide in a corner? Isn't that horrible? Oh, well, how little my faith is. I'm going to brag nobody about stuff. Tell them, I don't want to know nothing about me. I'm horrible. And the next day, he says, oh, ye of little faith. You said, do you hear that? He said, we got faith. <laughs> if we have it, he gave it. We're his. Nothing else matters. He'll take care of it. I'll be fine. The word's a living word. And I want to have a, a thought-provoking title, not a provocative title, but a thought-provoking title. Am I, I'm asking me, and asking you, you can ask yourself if you care to tough through 30 minutes. Am I a trusting Thomas? Huh? He said, what? Am I a trusting Thomas? What What we call Thomas? Doubting Thomas. Now, do you think there might be a chance that we're just a shade high on our horse? Looking down on Thomas. Maybe. That's probably pretty likely. It? Trusting Thomas. See it through my eyes. What a blessing. And Thomas might take us all out back and bend us over his knee behind the woodshed if we was to call him that to his face. I don't know what kind of fellow that was. I know how, what he says in this text. And I know what he says throughout the scriptures about just four things mentioned. Here in John 11, John 14... And then after our Lord's ascended, or before our Lord's ascension, after he is risen from the grave, it comes to see him. We'll look here at verse 16 is what caught my eye. John 11, verse 16. Let's read it together in our Bibles. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples. He looks at the rest of them and says, Let us go also that we may die with him. Hmm. Let's get the dying started. Good place to be. Why would he say such a thing? They've been with, with the Lord for a while, haven't they? We've been spending, we've been taking our time going through this book, and that's just once a week. That's just once a week, isn't it? They lived with our Lord. They walked with our Lord. He, they, he, taught, he was taught everything that we've been taught going through this book, and then some. John says of the accounts of our Lord, books couldn't hold them. This earth couldn't be, couldn't contain them, the acts that he's performed. Thomas had been with him a long time, hadn't it? What had happened right now? What are they talking about right now? It says in verse 1, John 11, verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, Mary and her sister Martha. Bethany is just about two miles from Jerusalem. And, and where they are now, remember at the end of chapter 10, they went back to where John was baptizing them. That's where they went to, and those people went with them. 
And that's about a half day or a whole day's walk, depending on how long your legs are, to where Brother Lazarus is, between there and where John the Baptist was baptizing. And it says in verse 2, it was that Mary which, was a, which anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, was that just a religious act she performed? We will now do the anointing of the... <laughs> Swinging that incense and having little kids holding candles. No! That's silly, isn't it? Let's look at it. Mark 14. Mark 14. There was some dying with this. Dying of self. There was some decreasing of self and Christ increasing. Here in Mark 14, verse 3. I'm in Matthew. Hold on a second. That won't do. Mark 14, verse 3. And beginning in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Within themselves. It's, they, they knew better to say that. Like, you know how many times I've heard people talk and I walk in their room and they stop talking? <laughs> Children do that often, don't they? I've seen some grown men do it too. They said that's all within themselves. Why was this waste of the ointment made? What, what is she doing? We know Mary. It's a small town. It's Bethany. What's Mary doing? Wasting that whole box of ointment on his head. It took a year for her to work for that. For it might have been sold for one three hundred pence, verse five, and have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. What did the Lord say? They're going to persecute you. They're going to persecute you. You've been murmured against. <laughs> Inside, people give you a look. Oh, I would never do that. I know better than what she's doing. Did, did Mary pop up and say, let's take it out in the parking lot. I'm sick of your mouth. Are you grown men? I'm going to take you out there and whoop everyone. <laughs> She's a wiry lady. Did she say that? They'd have been a whole lot better off if she had. They'd have been a whole lot better off if she had. Verse 6, and Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. Not she hadn't wrought a good work so you could see it. Not that she had done this and people was watching and boy, they'd sure like it if they did that. So-and-so would be happy and that'd make mama happy and daddy would be happy if I did this. And that, that'd make Mary happy or Martha happy. No, she did it unto the Lord. She did not care what anybody said. She was that, that, that worldly people in there was dead to her. She didn't care. Her Lord was there. She did it unto the Lord. He said, verse 7, For you have the poor with you always. There's always poor folks around. And whensoever you will, you may, you do them good. You want to take care of the poor folks? You got $5 in your pocket? Go buy a man an outburger. They're on every corner. And, and the corners are filling up as fast as the days go by, ain't they? They're living in vehicles all over this county. Go, go buy them a pizza. They said, they're with you always. But me, you have not always. Buddy, 
Seek him while he may be found. Knock while the door may be open. Worship him while the gospel is being preached. It may be gone. It may, I was listening to a message of Brother Ian Potts. I'm going to get a hold of him. I'm going to thank him for preaching that message. And if I could get on national television and look their king dead in the eye, I said, y'all messed up. <laughs> That's God's man. <laughs> and he may be taking him from you. The Lord's got a light in this whole nation. Y'all may want to act right around him. Take care of him. She hath done what she could. He looks on the heart, doesn't he? She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. That's vital, isn't it? Verily I say unto you, truly I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of her, spoken of for a memorial to her. Does that mean we should sit around and talk about Mary and you ought to get you a box of ointment and work real hard for it. It's got to be worth a year's worth of the wage and break it and have people mad at you. Of course not. Of course not. What's going to be spoken to her? Mary is just such a good Christian. No. She loved the Lord. That's what love does. <laughs> Those that ain't ever been loved don't know what love is. That's what love does right there. It don't care what people say. And it does what it, love does. It looks after. It cares for. It anoints. It covers. It helps. It sets with by the feet. What's the great thing we know about Mary? What's the very best thing that somebody could say about you? If you could pick, if I could let you pick, if you could let me pick, what's the best thing I could write down and say here, and I get the president to say this out loud about you? I mean it. Caramel's going through her head all the things. That'd be a book. <laughs> I'd, write, I'd write a whole lot of the good things about me. Would you? What's the best thing could be said about you? Back in our text. That you discerned the anointing of the burial. Uh, the, the Redeemer has come. This is the Messiah. I will anoint them now. No. Look here at John 11, verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved Mary. And she loved him. And she worked hard to get that box unto him. And she brought that box of ointment in front of all them gainsayers and all them people making fun of her and murmuring against her. And she prepared his body for burying. Why? He first loved her. He taught her. He comforted her. She sat at his feet hanging on every word. And the Lord taught her something. You know what? If you're around him long enough, you're going to learn something. He's the great preacher. <laughs> he might train you up a little bit. He may learn you something, as we said, where I grew up. Verse 3 says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. They didn't tell him what to do. They didn't ask him to do nothing. They didn't say the one that loves you and the one that's your friend. He said, he whom thou lovest is sick. Oh, what wisdom. And when Jesus heard, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. How's he going to be glorified? By raising Lazarus from the dead. The Father is going to be glorified because the Son is honored and the Son is glorified. That's how it's going to happen. People say, I want to honor God. Well, you know how you're going to do it? Kissing the Son. Honoring the Son. Praising the Son. That's the only way it's going to happen. 
That's it. No other way. He prayed in John 17, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. That's who's going to do it. He said in John 5, that all men should honor the son even as they honor the father. He that honoreth not the son, honoreth not the father. Which that's sin. You honor the father, you honor Christ. He said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. And boy, if we could get this. If religion, if people play in religion all around this county, has been going to church for 57 years to get a hold of this. If any man serve me, if any man honor me, him will my father honor. Ooh. Now it ain't going through the motions. Now this isn't just what we do. That's what the Lord's going to do to us. He's going to curse us or honor us. If we honor Christ, the Father's going to honor us. Does that mean we have to honor him? That means I want to honor him. I want to. That's what love does. It wants to, doesn't it? has a desire to. Christ is glorified when men and women acknowledge who he is. Paul told the church of Philippi, he said that the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You want to glorify God? Let's honor, let's honor God here. Bend your knee to Christ. Bow to him. Bow to him. He said in 1 Corinthians, but if you are in him, you're in Christ. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Why? That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Well, I'm smart. I came to know, I found, figured the Lord out in the scriptures. No, you didn't. You figured out your Lord in the Scriptures, not the Lord. Well, I've sanctified myself. Uh, no, you haven't. You'll die in your sins. You'll go to hell doing that. You better knock it off. Christ is my sanctification. Well, I've done righteous works. I've had acts of a holy nature that I've been doing and keeping this town squared away. We're going to get rid of all the abortion clinics. and He'll be right there with them. He'll be right there with them. He that glory, let him glory in the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is glorified when men and women acknowledge who he is, what he did, why he did it, and where he is now. And all of this with Lazarus. If we get a hold of this too, we'd stop murmuring. All of this with Lazarus, all of it is for the glory of God. Every bit of it. Lazarus' sickness. That all started with a sneeze, didn't it? How are you going to die? Might start with a splinter. Turn into septic shock, you're gone. It starts with something, doesn't it? That sickness, his death, his sister sending word, his sister's mourning, you know they cried. You know they cried. Those in that town that mourned, we'll see that in a week or two. They saw, oh, look how he loved them. They used to start wailing. They used to hire people back then to come cry at funerals. <laughs> we'll get to it. The apostles with the Lord, for them to see that, it's all for the glory of God. Christ just declared to them that this whole event is for him and for his Father's glory. His and his Father's glory. Now, before he does anything concerning this incident, he gives them why. He tells them why this is going to happen. Verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. What did he do? What did that love do? His love. What did his love do? Did he rush to comfort them right then? Oh, oh, i got to go. i got to go. Better <laughs> get them babies. No. Did he rush to heal them? Oh, get out of my way. Lazarus is hurt. 
Verse 6, And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't move. Lord, he's sick. He said, this ain't nothing to death. It'll be all right. I'll go there when it's time. Who knows when time is best? He does. He does. We think we know, but he does. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You know how much higher? Infinitely. Isaiah said, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. I would do it another way. I would do it another way. Yeah, I would, wouldn't I? Or worse, worse, I think. I heresy. I, my opinion. That's far worse, isn't it? What I think. God did this? What? Oh, the Lord did this. What's a fool say in their heart? No, God. No, God. I was telling a friend of mine about Brother D. I said, he's just a year or two older than me and kid's about the same age and the Lord's just stricken him with cancer. God did it. God put that in him. And they said, he's too young. He's too young. Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? Do I think the same things? Of course, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows best. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. I have a way. I got a way, I think, I think this is a certain way. You know what I think? Solomon said, there's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end there of is the ways of death. You're going to die doing that. Or quit it. Verse 6 there says, When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, after he waited, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. All right, boys, it's time to go. And his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late, recently, we just read it in chapter 10, sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? What are you doing? We just left there. They're going to stone you to death. You're going to go right back through them? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. What our Lord's telling his disciples, again, you have to be told more than once, I do. They do too. He's telling them again, the time given to me by my Father to accomplish what he sent me to do, my redemptive work of my people, it is fixed. And it's as fixed as the hours of the days are. There's a time he's going to work. There's a time that door's open. There's a time his gospel will be in a place. And then there's a time it ain't. There's a time this will be over. Turn back to John 9. He already told this once. Begin in John 9. You know that blind man was sitting on the way and the Lord went to him. Here in John 9, verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. Now we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that. He said, this ain't why he's blind. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When it's daytime, have you ever heard the expression, make hay while the sun's shining? (laughs) 
He's making hay while the sun's shining. Wasn't he? Then he goes on. What, what's he do? He gives sight to that blind man. He's telling them. He said, there's 12 hours in the day, boys. You already learned this lesson? Do you remember this? Remember this? Back in our text. Remember verse 9. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbleth, because there's no light in him. Verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. Who was Lazarus? Well, he's loved of God. He was God's friend. And he was those disciples' friend too, wasn't he? They knew him well. He said, our friend. Our friend. There's some brethren down in Arkansas I've never met. They believe the same gospel I believe. They have the same God I have. You know what? That's my friends. I can meet anybody out in this county. I prefer them over somebody I work with or go to school with or something. That's my friend. They have the same God I do. He said, our friend Laz was sleeping. But I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. I'm going to wake him up. <laughs> Only God can do that. And said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. That's good. His body needs rest. What are you talking about? Are you talking about a nap? Is he taking a nap? If he's sick, he needs to sleep. Right? That's a way that seems good to man. I told you that last week. Papa said, if, if you're broke, a good place to go is work. He said, if you're sick, a good thing to do is break a sweat. That was his answer to everything. Work hard. Break a sweat. If you're tired, go break a sweat. <laughs> world says sleep. And I said, that's good, isn't it? Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he spoke and him taking a rest and sleep. They thought he was just taking a nap. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, plainly, he preached to them plainly. Lazarus is dead. Three words. Lazarus is dead. Our Lord said in His words, when He spoke this, they didn't understand it. Natural, carnal man can't understand things of God. They said in His world, in His words, He said Lazarus was asleep. They didn't understand that. And you know what? We wouldn't either. Like old doubting Thomas. Look down our nose at him. No. You wouldn't have got it either. I wouldn't have got it either. And then he says, in your language, in my language, I say he's asleep. In your language, the languages you use, he's dead. You get that? Lazarus is dead. What's death? My pastor said this one time, and I just, it was too good to not copy. I just take, I'm going to give it to you. What's death? It's a whole lot of different things to different people, isn't it? To a physician, death is failure. You lost a patient. You didn't win the you didn't win the fight. To a newspaper, it's a story. Breaking news. Famous comedian's dead or a famous actor's dead, isn't it? That's what death is to them. To an insurance company, it's claim. Paperwork. To a lawyer, death's to be probated. Then the next one. You read the wheel. Then the next one. Then you read another wheel. Then the next one. Make sure this person gets this letter. Then the next one. That's all they do. Isn't it? To a philosopher, death's a mystery. Oh, what happens whenever the lights go out? To a theologian, death's God's judgment of sin. Our Lord, knowing our friend Lazarus was dead, our words, he said he's asleep. 
He said he's asleep. We'll look at that another day, what it is for saints to sleep. And it's precious. I, I look forward to preaching the funerals of believers. That's a precious thing. That's a, that's a good time. That's a happy time. Because the Lord said it's precious in the sight of the Lord the death of his saints. Sad things may not know the Lord. But I want to look just for a moment at the Lord's plain words. He said, then said Jesus unto them plainly, plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. It's not recorded anywhere in Scripture that someone died in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is life. He said, but I'm glad. He's dead and I'm glad. Does that sound loving to you? His ways ain't our ways. We live right now. This is the eternal God speaking to us. He said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I'm glad he's dead. For your sakes that I wasn't there to the intent. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to believe. You're going to believe. Lazarus is dead. He didn't used to be. There's a whole lot in that, isn't it? A whole lot there. Three words. He didn't used to be dead. He was alive. Now he's dead. He's going to live again. And he's going to sleep again. He's going to be with the Lord forever. Isn't he? Lazarus is a picture of the Lord saving every one of his children. We at one time in Adam, our seminal head, we had communion with the Lord. God walked with Adam in the garden. Didn't he? he was alive. He was morally innocent. And then he failed. He died in the garden. We fell in him. We fell in him. The Lord told them, he said, we're going to go to him. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And he said, all this happened, I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent you could believe. What if you knew? What if the Lord looked you dead in the eye and said, we're going to walk 14 miles that way and you will believe me. What would you do? <laughs> Well, I got some cows to check on. I'm gonna take a nap first. I'd knock you out, knock you down, and get out that door. <laughs> Give me coordinates. I'll run to it. You got a map? What would we do if we knew that we would believe? If we knew that we'd be made faithful? If we knew that we'd be blessed? What'd be worth? Where he saved me, this people. Mm. That's what starts it, though. He died on purpose. Lazarus died just as Adam died. He slept just as we sleep, and we think that we're living. Mm. Paul said, Wherefore, as by sin, by one man sinned into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all that have sinned. And there's a bifocal passage we quote with partial knowledge many times, don't we? And it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And that means our end. And that's right. We're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. We have an end. And it's appointed. God appointed that. We know that, right? That one time was in the garden. That's when it was appointed for man to die. Judgment, death, passed upon all men. Sin. That's why you get wrinkles. That's why you get liver spots. That's why your vision starts going in to have reading glasses. Your hair turns gray. Sin. Death. You're dying. The outside's proving it. 
But you just, we ain't as sweet clean as we think we are. Lazarus died in this body twice, didn't he? Everyone that was raised from the dead, that poor old fellow that fell asleep while Paul was preaching, he went and laid on top of him and brought him back. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that one. He had died to, another time. He broke his neck and he had to, however he died the second He died twice. Everyone raised from the dead died twice, didn't they? There's a couple in the past that didn't die. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, that physical death, and was not found because God translated him. That's where he goes. I don't know where he gone. The Lord took Elijah up in the whirlwind. He was separated from Elisha. That's why I've been talking about it. And he said, can I have a double portion of your mantle when you go? He said, I don't know. If you see me when I go, you'll get a double, double portion. But you're at his mantle up part of them waters. That's walking. And it said, it came to pass, and they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire right then, and parted them both asunder. That ought to absolutely shake us in our boots. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind in heaven. He didn't die. Enoch didn't die. And that final day when our Redeemer comes and sinks walking around this earth, if, it, if the Lord comes right now, we'll be with Him. There in 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that are sleeping, the bodies are in the grave. He said they're sleeping. They'll be with Him. The Spirit will be with Him, but this old flesh will be rotten in the grave. They're going to, it's going to rise up first and go be with Him. Then, we which are alive, we're still walking around and remain. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What's that going to look like? I have no idea. But he, Paul says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to be better than you think it is. <laughs> Whatever I could say it's going to be like, it's going to be better than that. We're going to be with him. Watch it. So there's a death that's common to all of us born of Adam, and that's a sin death. That's what's got Paul rolling in Romans 7. Where we often quote, don't we, that internal warfare believers is just fighting us. He said, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, when God spoke to my heart through the Holy Spirit, sin revived and I died. You ever been dead? Remember that time you were just walking in war with God and you were worshiping a false God? You remember them days? Paul said he did. And he said, in the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. <laughs> that law's there. Here, do this and live. I can't. I'm going to die. <laughs> For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it, it slew me. I died right then. I can't keep his law. I'm dead. He trespasses and sins. And Lazarus, just like Adam, just like Paul, just like Thomas, and just like me, he's dead. He can't walk. He can't wash. He can't work. He can't seek God. He can't study the Scriptures. He can't study God. He can't be a theologian. He can't cry out. He can't pray. A man that don't know God can't pray. If somebody's dead, you can just say a bunch of words. What Ann and I say, I ain't going after Saul, Lord. I know who he is. He said, he prayed. Said, All right, I'll go. <laughs> that man's got life in him. That's my brother. He's my friend. Can't do anything if he did. And I'm going to have to, the Lord's going to have to come where I am. He's going to have to go where Lazarus is because Lazarus can't go where he's dead. He's going to have to give life. He's going to have to speak to him. And then he's going to have to call him out of that tomb and tell them to open that tomb up. And he's going to have to draw him near. And then he's going to have to loose him and let him go and give him liberty. Physically, 
You're going to see this happen, boys. That's what he's telling the apostles. And then spiritually, and you're going to believe on me, and you're going to have life, and you'll believe. He said, let's go. It's time to go. Verse 25 down there in John 11. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth, what comes first? Living. God has to give life. We'd be born again. And believeth. How do I know I'm going to believe? Well, if you have life he gives, it's going to believe. The instinct. Shall never die. Shall never die. This boys will go sleep. Is there, are you afraid to take a nap? I got the temperature cranked up in here. Ain't nobody afraid to take a nap. I'll tell you that right now. You afraid to take a nap? No, it's a nap. You just go sleep. At night time, I ain't afraid to go sleep. What's believers going to do? Just go sleep. We'll wake up with him. Be absent from his body. Be present with the Lord. That's a precious thing. Ain't nothing afraid about going to sleep. It'll be all right. The Lord said so. He said, you'll never die because you have life. And you believe me. Do you believe him? Is he lying? Well, no, what he says is true. How do you know that? Well, he gave me life. <laughs> I believe it. You ain't never going to die. You'll go sleep. His body will go away. He'll give you a new one. What's it going to be like? I don't know. However he wants it. He'll be right. He said, believest thou this? Do you believe that? Do I? Believe what he says. John eleven twenty seven. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world, your hand. Your God, I believe everything you say. You and I are sitting here with the disciples. And someone asked, how exactly would this play out? I have no idea. But I can tell you the result of Christ preaching that to the heart, of him giving life. There's a proof of life, isn't there? Little babies are starting to come around this place. You hear one crying, that one's live, isn't it? If they ain't moving, they ain't crying, you go check on them. What's the proof of life of Christ preaching to the heart? Here's old trusting Thomas. Look at verse 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. I had that wrote in the beginning and I forgot to say anything. Attitude means a whole lot, doesn't it? I said that before. We could have everybody in here have a potluck dinner and everybody bring uh, chili and we can just kick rocks and get mad and frown our faces. Well, that's where all our wrinkles are. You can tell if somebody's wrinkles if they smile or frown all the time. And just say, this is terrible. Everybody's brought the same thing. Or we could charge $25 a head and call it a chili cook-off, couldn't we? <laughs> Attitude makes a big difference, don't it? We always think Thomas is doubting. Why? I doubt. And I've got to find somebody to look down upon. There's three views that could be seen here. Thomas. Him said, let us also go that we may die with him. You ready to die? <laughs> doubting Thomas says that Christ is going to die. Well, we might as well just go with him. We'll die when he does, kicking rocks. I don't think so. I don't think that's what he's getting at. There's days I have fatalistic faith like that. I have fat fatalism runs through me, and I say, well, just get it over with. Get it over with. That's horrible, isn't it? What kind of attitude is that? That's a bad attitude. That's an unbelieving attitude. It's a faithless attitude. Another view of it, Christ is likely going to be stoned to death, but like Peter says, before that crucifixion takes place, he said, I'll never leave you, Lord. These other ones may leave you. I ain't going to leave you. I'll, I'll go down with shit. I need to be where you are. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. Even if it means persecution, just like Mary. Even if it means 
I got to chop somebody's ear off. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Let's go. We'll die with him. We'll die with Christ. Or what I've had burning in me all week, the third one. I don't know how this is going to take place, but I'm just like Lazarus. Are you? I'm dead. I died in Adam. I died in this body. And Lord, you must come to me. And you must speak to me. And you must be ever present for me to live. And you must draw me. And you must loose me. You must intend, as he told them, you must intend for me to live. You must intend for me to believe. And I will live with you forever. I'll never die. I'll stay right by your side. Now let's go. Let's die with him. <laughs> Trusting Thomas believed the words of the Lord. He might not have fully understood it. I'm sure he didn't. We don't either. But he believed him. And he said, let's get to dying. Let's get to dying. This world is nothing for me. He said, you're my life and I believe you. We sang that song, I know whom I believed. And that's all, every stanza of it. I know not why the Lord came to me. I don't know why he gave me saving faith. I don't know how he works in the hearts of his people. I don't, I don't know nothing. That's what I keep saying. But I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I know him. I'm going to go with him. I want to be where he is. What's the result of the other apostles preaching? Look here at John 20. This is for me. I'll try to hurry. Uh, I think if I get up and preach, surely, surely the Lord's going to save some folks. <laughs> I pray I'm his man. These apostles preached. In John 20, verse 24. The Lord appeared to them. They had the door shut. People said Jesus is knocking on the door. They had the door shut. The Lord appeared in the midst of them. He went through the door. <laughs> and he said, peace to you. And he, they saw his hands and his feet and his side. And Thomas wasn't there, though. So they went and found him. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. You know what I tell you? I hope every time I stand up here, I've seen what the Lord's done to me. Here he is. I see him. You see him? We've seen the Lord. They said, we've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my finger in the prints of the nails and thrust my hand to the side, I will not believe. I need proof. Your word ain't good enough. And people say, do you see that such unbelief? I, that's like old James. Everybody takes James to whip people with works. James knew what he was talking about. That man was speaking love and grace through the whole thing. We just ain't caught up with him yet. Thomas is here. He said, unless I see him. I got to hear it from him. It's how he's, God's going to save his people is through the preaching of the gospel. You ain't going to get saved another way. He said so. So I'm going to have to speak to somebody but me talking to you ain't going to make you hear. <laughs> me talking to you ain't going to make you believe. Well, if it could, I'd get a funnel and pour it down your throat. I'd make you do it. That ain't going to work. Christ has to speak to you. I know that. And you know what I'm going to do next time we meet? I'm going to get up and preach. We've seen a little. I'm going to keep doing it. Just put my hand to do. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what the outcome is. That's what I'm charged to do. But he has to speak. I can, and you can take down notes. 
I saw a man one time kept notes for years. I mean, just, oh, boy, if I could be like him. Oh, he just took notes, 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 and just hung on every word. And one day, he put the notebook down. And I saw a tear come out of his eye. God worked in him. Christ has to speak to the Lord. Look here in verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the door being shut, and stood in the midst. He showed up. It's the omnipresent God right there. And said, Peace be unto you. And he saith to Thomas. What did Thomas say to him? Thomas didn't say nothing. God hears every word. He knows the heart of his people. He knows the heart of all men. He said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believe it. So faithless. I'm, I'm dead. My class was, unless God's pleased to come to me and do a work in me. If God does that to somebody, this ain't playing church, this ain't walking an aisle, this ain't growing up in the right place and, and, and being religious. If God does that, if He makes someone have faith, if He gives them life and He makes them believe, what are they going to do? Start handing out Bibles. Nope. <laughs> and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. You're the Almighty One. And you're my... That's the Lordship of Christ. <laughs> People quote Barnard messages until they turn purple. Boy, if He's your Lord and your God. That's sometimes all you could say is just cry to Him. And glorify Him. You were declaring His name. That's where we started, wouldn't it? Lord said, I'm glad this happened, Lazarus. I intended this, so y'all gonna believe. If you're gonna glorify me, you can call me Lord. You will know I'm God. <laughs> it took a little while. Thomas was his. And then what happened? Lord kept his word, didn't he? <laughs> he was faithful. And Thomas cried out, My Lord, my God. Did he know him before? Yep. Did he know him there in chapter 14? Yep. Did he know him here? Uh-huh. Does he know him now? You bet. You bet. We have to keep being brought to him, don't we? It ain't a one and done. Boy, I'm thankful. If it's repetitive like that, if it's consistent, I have been saved, I am being saved, and I shall be saved. That's the tenses of salvation in the scriptures. That means it's going to be a lot of consistency needed. That ain't me. He's faithful. Our Lord and our God. Let's pray to you. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, forgive us. We're dead without you. We have no belief without you. We have no faith without your faith. Thank you for your Son. Draw us near to him. Let us die with him, be risen with him, and see him where he is. Often. Often. Let us remember his death, this person and his work. If our brethren are here with us, Lord, those that can't be and are sick and Speak comfort to their hearts and draw them nigh. Thank you for this day. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen.